You're listening to Proclaim Gospel Podcast. Coming to you from Tortola, British Virgin Islands. Your host is Evangelist Joel Gums. What matters most? A man will tell a woman that it doesn't matter she's not rich, that it doesn't matter if she doesn't have a big paying salary job, that it does not matter she is not the owner of a big house or a fancy car. All that matters is her love for him. Once love is present, materialism has no say in the relationship. Conversely, when a relationship is built on material possession, the love diminishes as the possession diminishes. So we ended off on 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 7. And we're going to go right there now with um, verse 8. We went through the different stages of love, but now we are going to pick it up from is kind. Love is kind. And um, we were looking at forbearance the last time. Now we're going to be dealing with love is kind. In other words, to be gentle, to exercise kindness. Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we take a look at your word today, I pray that you will draw near. You will touch our hearts. Give us receptive hearts. I pray, touch hearts, change lives, and save souls. In your son's name with thanksgiving. Amen. Yes, love is kind, or love is supposed to be kind. Love ought to be kind. To be gentle, to exercise kindness, to be considerate and mild. The word portrays the gracious nature of one who is actuated by the Spirit of Yahweh, one who is ever seeking to reveal by word and deed an understanding of sympathy for and appreciation of the struggles and difficulties of others. That's a lot you will say that I have just said. But how do you perform when people around you are showing signs that they are inside crying out for attention but you seem to be agitated by their display and their cry for help on the inside you curse them you shun them you embarrass them you avoid them because why kindness and the, the considerate mind or being mildly considerate is not a part of you and therefore that person is crushed even more than they were before they came into your presence so the word portrays the gracious nature of one who is attracted or one who is actuated by the spirit of Yahweh. The spirit of Yahweh is bubbling up within you as bowels of mercy and kind-heartedness, sweet aroma, and the sweet fragrance of Yahweh will be um, coming out of you that all will want to come to you and seek your company because you always make them feel good when they leave your presence instead of feeling bad and feeling put down so let's move on it says here that the spirit of Yahweh should be in you a one who is ever seeking to reveal by word and deed an understanding of sympathy for and appreciation for the struggles and difficulties of others the idea of the word is that under all circumstances of life whether harsh or provoking painful or sorrowful love is mild and gentle 
So it doesn't matter if you are being attacked on all sides by the enemy. It doesn't matter if life is harsh to you. It doesn't matter who provokes you or how painful or how sorrowful it is for you. Love is always going to be mild and love is always going to be gentle. Look at the example of Yeshua. He was spat upon. He was slapped. He was mocked. He was beaten and yet still love kept him on the cross. He is our perfect example. What do you say? So love is the reverse of hatred, which manifests itself in severity, anger, harshness, unkindness, and revenge. A man who really loves another is kind to him or her, and anxious to do him good, gentle and courteous, because he does not wish to hurt his feelings, but seeks to promote his happiness. Hey, that's a difficult pill to swallow. So you mean to tell me here, if you are in traffic and someone cuts in front of you, causing you to slam your foot on the brakes and your car brakes locks up and the tire smokes and screeches and you avoid narrowly an accident that you must, oh, I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. I understand that you are a human being and sometimes you falter and your judgment is maybe, maybe off a little bit and needs a bit tweaking. I will pray for you, my brother. Have a wonderful day. Do we do that? Hey, do you do that? So a man who really loves another is kind to him or her, anxious to do good. Maybe you might try to find the tag plate number and find who the person is and visit them at their home and give them a tractor, give them a word of encouragement and tell them, I recognized the other day that you almost ran me off the road, but today I've come to give you a word of encouragement that you must always be vigilant and always be steadfast on the road, appreciating other road users. Would you do that? <laughs> Let me know. You have my number. You have my email. Now let's go look at envy. Love doesn't envy or, in other words, to be zealous, either in a good or bad sense. Here, in a bad sense, to be envious, that is, to exhibit wrong or unpleasant feelings toward another on account of advantages possessed by them. So you do not feel terrible over somebody you don't feel like you want to avoid somebody because they're always seeming to be professional well organized can speak well in public can articulate themselves eloquent always have the right answer to the right question or the right can solve the problems as they come up and give the right advice so in other words you do not feel bad over these people because of all these qualities that they may have no you don't do that no, you pray and ask Yahweh to help you to be loving and to be wise also. Such feelings give rise to strife and division entirely contrary to the teaching of Yeshua for he exhorted men to love one another and live together in unity. Envy or jealousy is one of the most crucial or cruel contemptible of all human failings. That is what was plaguing the people in the church of Corinth. They were, they were envying one another, jealousing one another, provoking one another, in strict competition with one another. The, the air and the atmosphere was one of always competition and outdoing, trying to outdo the other. Instead of trying to bring souls to the kingdom, they were fighting against each other. And that is why the topic 
the topic is what it is today. That is why we are dealing with this topic today, this beautiful and wonderful topic, my brother and my sister, what matters most. What matters most? Yes, that is what we are supposed to be dealing with, not what you can do, not glorifying yourself. No. So envy or jealousy is one of the most cruel and contemptible of all human failings. Lucifer, the exalted angel who was privileged to be one of the covering cherubs by the throne of Yahweh, was overcome by envy and lost his high position. You see, the scripture talks about um, pride goat before destruction and a heart is spread before a fall. When we believe that the position is taken over Besides that of doing the will of Yahweh, we always corrupt our good judgment and our sense of direction. The office does not make the person. In other words, you can have the highest office, but that does not make you kind or loving. You can still be uh, uh, abrasive. You can still be bitter. You can still be, be um, somebody who people want to shun because the office does not make you you make the office what it is. All right. So then, therefore, however, contentions with what Yahweh has permitted us to have does not debar us from desiring earnestly the best gifts and longing ardently for the more excellent way of love. So since his fall, Satan has sought to implant his own dreadful vice in the heart of every human being so that all may be ruined as he was only love can drive out jealousy did you hear me only love can drive out jealousy so when someone said that they have love but they are possessive controlling dominating that is not love love conquers a multitude of sin and only love can drive out the jealousy how that will be done only Yahweh can give that person that strength to overcome jealousy only love the love of Yahweh the agape love However contentious, contentedness with what Yahweh has permitted us to have does not debar us from desiring honestly the best gift and longing ardently for the more excellent way of love, which is described in this chapter. You must also see 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31. So yes, Yahweh gave us um, the ability to say, all right, I'm going to give you this, be satisfied with it. Yahweh will say, yes, I've given you enough that you can take but it does not mean that we are not permitted to have it does not mean that Yahweh is presenting us from desiring earnestly the best gifts and longing ardently for the more excellent way of love yes we must long we must long wholeheartedly desire it a burning a drive a motivation to desire the greatest gift of love and when we have the gift of love we would not be be out there being offended by everybody who does us something. Yes, we are human beings and we have our, our breaking point. I must admit that. Now, love vaunted not itself or to be vainglorious. You don't go about boasting yourself in church, strutting around and walking up and down parading. You have nothing to do. Sit down and be blessed by the word or by what is being done. You're not Yahweh's gift to the church. Sit down. Don't be vainglorious or boast oneself. Love does not sound its own praise. You don't blow your own horn. Solomon said, let another praise you and not yourself. It is humble and does not try to exalt itself. One in whose heart 
true love is found remembers the life and death of Yeshua and instantly repels every thought or suggestion that would lead to self-glorification. That is dangerous, my brother and my sister. My listening audience, self-glorification is dangerous. For when Yeshua was here, he kept telling them, I came not to do my will, but my Father's will. The love that is a gift of the Spirit looks upon every good thing as coming from Yahweh and bestowed by Him. Did you hear me? And hence, there is no ground for vain boasting because of possessing a certain gift from Yahweh. The love that is a gift of the Spirit looks upon every good thing as coming from Yahweh. So if I have one gift and you have one gift and the brother have another gift and the sister have another gift, love will say that it is coming from everybody and the Spirit will look upon every good thing as coming from Yahweh and bestowed by him. So none of us in our spiritual maturity will always be looking down on the other person because you think that your, your gift is more exalted or better or more important in the church. That is not the mind of a spiritually mature person. It is not puffed up. To puff up or to blow up or to inflate. You know, I used to go spare fishing when I was very much younger, a lot of years ago. And I used to love to spare fish and go into the water. And, and there was one time I shot a puff of fish. We call it a hedgehog. I thought it was a, a, a hind because the spots on them look similar to the hind. So when I shot the, the fish, I, I, I sped ahead in front of another brother of mine, Brother Manasseh. I hope that you are listening, Brother Manasseh. I, I just went ahead of him and he may have known what it was, but I did not know. I did not take the time to, to identify the fish properly. I only saw the red and white spots and I went down and I shot this fish and lo and behold, it was under a reef, a rock, and the fish swelled up and it, it, it grew and it grew and it grew and it just jammed inside and the bed of the sea, the sea floor, and I I could not get the, the spare out. It, it lodged deep into the fish and, I, and the man came up and he was laughing at me and said, yes, you want to go down and to get the fish before me. So a puff of fish. So love, you're not supposed to be blown up. I guess the fish was angry that I shot it. You're not supposed to be puffed up or blown up and inflate yourself over everything, every minor little thing. No, don't be a puff of fish or an air bed or metaphorically to be proud or to make proud love does not inflate a person with vanity it does not produce a condition of conceit and self-exaltation love does not indulge in mental self-esteem laying claim to having the best gifts and in that way ministering to vain glory so you are telling yourself or the person, the brother, the sister is telling themselves, oh, I am this person. I am so high and exalted. Look at me. They're looking at me. They're looking at me and just, just basking in, in, in self-glory. No, love does not indulge in mental self-esteem thinking that you are always good or they're always better or the spotlight is on them, laying claim to having the best gifts and in that way ministering to vain glory. It is vain. It is vain glory and the spirit of Yahweh does not dwell in a vain glory person. Love does not produce ideas of self-importance nor seek the flattery of others for anything that has been accomplished. So you do something in church or they do something in church and they're asking, hey, 
how how did I do? How did I do? Did you see? Did you see how they were looking at me? Did you recognize that they they stood up and they clapped? Come on, talk to me. Am I doing good or what? <laughs> I'm sorry for that person. I think if anyone comes to you with that, you have to pray for them. Now let's look at verse seven. Love bears all things. Love bears all things, believe all things, hope all things, enjoys all things. So somebody comes up to you and tells you something about a scripture. Oh, you bear it and you believe it and you, you hope it and you enjoy it. No, the scripture says, try every spirit and see whether it be of Yahweh. So it bears all things, it believes all things, and it hopes all things, and it, it enjoys all things. Let us take a closer forensic look at what that means. When it says to bear all things, it means to cover closely, to protect by covering, to sustain, to support. Love conceals and is silent about such things as the faults of others, which the selfishness of the natural heart would gladly expose. Sometimes people want to expose your secret. They know you, you are their friends and because there's a little falling out and they want to go and tell everybody what you did last year or what you don't have in your house or, or what, you, what you eat for lunch for the past month or what you don't have for what you have. Love does not do that even though you and the brother have a little falling out. Teeth and tongue will clash but love forgives, love forbears, love protects, love cover up. You don't carry your wife business out into the street or your husband business out into the street. You don't do that. You don't take your blood brother's business out or your sister's business out into the street. No, love does not do that. Love protects by covering. But hey, love would not protect a murderer. Let me make sure I say that. You have family members out there who are killing people, who are being involved with murdering people. You do not protect them. You turn them over. I've known of stories where parents turn over their children to the police because they're smoking drugs and they can't listen to them at home. They're not listening to them as the parent and the parent called the police and came and deal with them. I was called by a parent to come and talk to their son who was dealing with marijuana. Well, I was a police officer, or oh, many of you don't know that. I was a police officer for over 30 years. I'm a retired police officer now. And this is what I love doing, spreading the gospel. So love covers closely and protects by covering and to sustain and to support. But when it comes to your soul salvation and that person who you love doing foolishness and folly, you do not cover up that love and cause them to lose their soul in hell. You don't do that. No, you bring them to help and you bring them to the place where they can be reformed. Love is not desirous of inspecting the weaknesses of others or of allowing them to be inspected by anyone else. Love covers a multitude of sin. Here, let me read it again. Love or love is not desirous of inspecting the weaknesses of others or allowing them to be inspected by anyone else. My, my, my. You don't go around inspecting the weaknesses of others. This agape love, the agape love will say, my brother, my sister, I would like to have a word with you. I recognize that you are trying your best. I recognize, but in the flesh, we are all weak. I am weak also. But Yeshua says that 
my strength is made perfect in our weakness. And you talk to the person, you don't ex expose their weaknesses, you will destroy them. You don't expose them and allow them to be inspected by anyone else. You defend them to the point where with brotherly love and sisterly love, you protect them from being destroyed by whoever is inspecting them to, to expose their business. Now let's look at believes all things. This one is something that I hope that um, uh, I can do justice to. This phrase does not mean that uh, one who loves his fellow men is credulous to the point of absurdity, making no distinction between the things to be believed and thus as likely to believe a falsehood as the truth. You're not gullible. You don't be so lightheaded that somebody comes along and tell you, oh, um, X, Y, Z in the Bible. And you say, oh yeah? And you go and spread it up and down and say, oh, I was told X, Y, Z. Likewise, when your pastor is preaching, you make sure you write the scriptures down and you, and you research it for yourself to see if the preacher is telling the truth. Not because he's your pastor and he says that, that um, it's, it's okay to speak to the dead. You will go home and try to, to communicate with your, your dead relatives. Come on, read the scripture. Don't believe all things. It doesn't mean you're gullible or credulous to the point of absurdity. Making no distinction between the things to be believed and thus as likely to believe a falsehood as the truth. Save your soul from destruction. But love is disposed to put the best possible construction on the conduct of others, imputing good motives to them. This is the attitude of love because love seeks to make others happy and will not believe anything to their detriment except on irrefutable evidence. Let me say that again. This is the attitude of love because love seeks to make others happy and will not believe anything to their detriment except on irrefutable evidence. So yes, you want to make the person happy. But you listen to what they're saying. But you don't go along with them because you want to make them feel well. And because you don't want to correct them, they fall into problems and they, they just self-destruct or they, they get derailed because you make them feel like they're, they're so intelligent and they're so correct and you allow them to go their way. No, you don't do that to them. You come to them. If it's to their detriment, you come to them except on irrefutable evidence that the person is speaking truth. But you must make sure that when you go to them you're not going to them out of out of destructive criticism you're going to them to make sure that what they're saying is the correct thing and you're not allowing them to get themselves into problems in the future i know that there are celebrities some celebrities who have so much money that those who are around them who are always around them are afraid to correct them because they want the money and some celebrities have died from drug overdose because why? And gotten themselves into problems because their friends or so-called friends who surrounded them did not lead them in the right path. Now, in relation to Yahweh, love believes without question. That is what's supposed to happen. Love believes without question everything that is revealed of the will of Yahweh for men. There is no doubt concerning Yahweh's word and his instructions. I have no reservation. I have no doubt that the word that I read to you for the past one year is truth. Yahweh's scripture is truth. Let Yahweh be true and every man a liar. All is gratefully accepted and obeyed. I accept and I obey. 
I will trust and obey in Yahweh and in his son, Yeshua Hamashiach. Many are led astray by those cult leaders who cause many to be killed. We know who they are. Waker, Texas, Jim Jones, remember them? They, don't, they didn't love. They didn't love. And many people died because of them. Let's move on. Hope it. Love, hope it. Believe it all things, hope it all things. However dark appearances may be, and whatever grounds there may be for questioning the sincerity of others, love, love, listen to me, still hopes that everything will be well in the end and will maintain its position until all possibility of being confirmed has disappeared. This faith in one's neighbor, this faith in one's neighbor, which love inspires, leads to the championing of this cause in the face of opposition love is based upon trust and this trust rests ultimately in Yahweh therefore love is willing to face ridicule strife and contempt in defense of others hoping that in due time truth will be vindicated love is not quick to condemn others love gives the benefit of the doubt as I'm coming down to the end here Love gives the benefit of the doubt. It endures. Love suffers quietly all the difficulties, trials and persecutions and injuries inflicted by man and all the attacks that Yahweh may see fit to allow the adversary to make. Remember Job being the perfect exposition of the law of Yahweh. Love consistently works for the best interest of others and consequently is prepared to look upon the unfavorable conduct of others with an understanding patience and sympathy inspired by Yahweh is only the agape love of Yahweh can make someone suffer quietly all the difficulties and trials and persecutions and injuries inflicted by man and all the attacks that Yahweh sight fit because your trials and tribulations will work patience and patience hope my brother this is a difficult thing when we ask Yahweh Father, I pray for patience. I pray that you will give me patience and, and strength to deal with these people. But Yahweh will say, yes, in order for your patience to be exercised and grow strong, I will just allow some things to come your way. And then we begin to fuss and fret with Yahweh. But you prayed for patience. What else do you want him to do? That is patience. He's teaching you love. He's teaching you endurance. He's teaching you perseverance and faith and hope in him. That's what he's teaching you. I hope I'm clear with that one there. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And verse 35 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. And if a man say, I love Yahweh and hated his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love Yahweh whom he had not seen? So my brother, and this commandment have we from him, Yahweh, that he who loveth Yahweh loveth also his brother. Oh yes, love is the principal thing. Love is the most important thing. Love is most important here. We speak about love. We sing about love. But does it matter most in our lives? Does it matter most in our lives? Let us pray. Father, today, thank you for your word. Oh, love is the principal thing, the most important thing. 
For you came into the world to die for us because you loved us with an everlasting love and with love and kindness you have drawn us. You said you have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked may turn and repent and come to you. So Father, today help us to love our fellow men. It doesn't matter what they do to us, what they say. Help us to love them and to pray for them, I pray, so that when you shall come, we all may make it into eternal kingdom. In your son's name with thanksgiving. Amen. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, you can write us at Proclaim Gospel, P.O. Box 336, Rowtown Tortola, British Virgin Islands. Or you may email us at ProclaimGospelVI at gmail.com. Our telephone number is 1284 547 4601.